Today, we're doing a little bit more recap on love. We were going to talk about Thanksgiving, and I felt like the Lord just hit the brakes on it. We'll talk about Thanksgiving next week. Um, but today, we're talking about love. And as you guys know, the whole semester we've been talking about, and we've been pounding in the points, we've got to learn to love better. We've been trying to equip and train everybody and, and get better at loving people well, right? So today, we're doing it again. We're going to just look over. Basically, this is a midterm exam today, if you will, okay? Um, our intention was that the love series would have ended last week and we move on, but I feel like the Lord still has stuff to, to work inside of us in love. So we're not continuing the series necessarily, but we, we need to continue pressing the envelope in love, okay? So I have a test with a whole bunch of questions right here. I'm going to pass out to you guys in a moment. And I need you today, look, honestly, today is going to fail as one of the worst Sundays ever if you don't interact with me today. You got it? So I need you talking. I need you sharing. I need you being honest with me through these questions. Because if you're not, we should just pack up now. Okay? Everybody with me? Okay, good. So, um... We have made some progress in love. I feel like we have. I feel like you guys have been doing great. You've been asking questions. You've been, I feel like we've made some good progress. But you remember how we talked about when the Lord wants to highlight something, he creates internal pressure. And it's like a bike tire. He will pump it up, and you can't find the leak until you pump it full of air, and you dunk it in the water, and then you can know exactly where the leak is, right? So, and he does that through questions. So that's why we have a bunch of questions today. And I just want to ask a bunch of questions, create some internal pressure in us as the church to look and see, are there any leaks, which I feel like there are, are there any leaks, are there any places where we're not being everything that we could be, everything that the Lord wants us to do. And this, to me, is of paramount value that we learn how to love the way that the Lord wants us to love because it is the foundation of everything that this church will become in decades down the road, okay? If we don't get love right now, nothing else will continue to bear fruit in a lasting situation. Love, it is the foundation. We have to learn to do it really, really well. And you're doing great, but we want to get even better. Amen? Amen? Okay. So I'm going to pass this out. No, I'm not. Because you're just going to look and you're going to start filling it out. Not yet. Scriptures. Here we go. Pull out your Bible. Pull out your phone. Whatever. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. First Corinthians chapter 13. When you got it, say, I got it. So that means we got three people that have it. We'll wait a moment longer. Reese has got it. When you got it, say, I got it. Okay, that's a little better. All right, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. 
Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Okay? So the first one, if I speak in every tongue in the whole world, and if I can speak the language of angels, I can sing like an angel, I can talk like an angel, I can translate God like an angel, it is completely worthless. It's like a, like a clanging gong or a, or a cymbal, all right? So it's like this. It's a flash in the pan. It shows up for a moment, and before long, you never knew it was there. It disappears. It fades off forever. It's gone forever as if it never happened, okay? Worthless. So you're like, man, I want the gift of tongues. I want to be able to translate things in different languages and preach the gospel. And all. It's worthless if you don't have love. It is nothing, literally nothing if you don't have love. The next one, if I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, okay? So you have prophecy. You can foretell the future in every situation. You can tell the heart of God and the direction of which way to go. And you can tell all mysteries, all understanding of what God is doing on the earth. You know it all, 100%, and you're accurate 100% of the time. Not only that, you have faith that literally can say to a mountain, get out of here in Jesus' name, and a freaking mountain moves. You're like super Christian of the century, right? That's amazing. That's, wow. But the Bible says if you can do all of that and you do not have love, what's it say? It says, I am nothing. Nothing is of zero value. Say zero value. That means that if you don't have love, although you can do all the cool spiritual stuff, if you don't have love, you are, have zero value in the kingdom. Zero reward, zero fruit, zero lasting anything, zero if you don't have love. If you think about that, this is crazy. Really? Zero? Come on. Of all, like really? You have faith to move a mountain and it's worth zilch to the Father. That's crazy. What's the next one? It says, if I give all I possess to the poor. And I give my body over to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. So if, you, if you're a multimillionaire and you literally give every penny you have to help people get into better situations, you give it all completely away for the kingdom of God to be advanced and to help others, but you don't do it out of love, you literally have zero reward in the kingdom of heaven. This is crazy. Love is like the most important thing to the Father. That's the number one thing that he cares about. Without love, you have nothing. You have zero reward. Without love, you have zero benefit. And so for us as the church, love must be the foundation. It has to be solidly established for us to move forward. Amen? Okay, move on to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. If you got it, say, I got it. it. If you don't, say, whoa, man. Everybody got it? Okay. Philippians 2, verse 1. 
Paul says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. Okay, hit pause right there. Paul says, hey guys, if it matters at all in your heart, the slightest bit that Jesus has done anything for you, if you give a rip at all, then please pay attention to what I'm about to say. Okay? He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort at all from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Say it with me. Value others above yourself. Say it again. Value others above yourself. Say it again. Value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each to your each to the interests of others in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant okay so Paul is pounding on love right here and he's saying if you give a rip at all if, if you feel any warmth in your heart in the slightest bit about Jesus and him dying on the cross for your sins, then have his mindset of putting others above yourself and to become a servant to others. Okay? Matthew 22, verse 36. Matthew 22, verse 36. Way to go, way to go, way to go. Any wool mans? <laughs> if you got it, say, I got it. I got it. Verse 36. Teacher, which of the greatest commandments, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Anybody have a different translation than what I just read? Can you read it out loud for me? Yep. Where'd you start? Teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus replied to him. Oh, it went back to one. Sorry. Time out. So sorry. Jesus replied to him after a long pause. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is unselfishly seeking the best or higher good for others. The whole law and the writings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. Depend on these two commandments. You have a different one? You want to share it? Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. 
Okay, so they're wanting to know Jesus. What's the most important thing to the Father? What's the number one thing that matters above anything else? What's the number one thing that matters to God? And Jesus says, the number one thing that matters to God is that you love him with everything that you are. The number two thing that matters most to God is that you love other people the same way that he loves you. These are the first and second greatest things in all of the kingdom of God. Okay, so if those are the top two things most important to God, then do you think that you are going to be rewarded in heaven heavily based on these top two things? Is that a true statement? Yes, okay. So in eternity, you are going to be rewarded by God based on how well did you love God and how well did you love other people, okay? Primarily, very heavily weighted on that. So all the other things in the Christian world, your giving and your sacrifice and your giftings and your time spent and your energy spent, everything else is weighted at a different level than how did you love God and love other people. Those are the very top priorities in God. Is that true? Okay. All right, so then, if that's true, we realize that love is the hard work of the kingdom of God. Amen? Love is the hardest work that we're going to do in the kingdom of God. So my question is, how good are we currently at love? If it really is the number one, number two things that God and Jesus matter about, how are we doing? And so I have a test. Here we go. Everybody grab a, a piece of paper and some pens in front of you, hopefully. How do you like those new card holders in front of you? Say, ooh, ah. Say, way to go, Bob. <clears throat> Are y'all hot or should I leave it alone? Let me knock it down one. Okay. Yeah, he did one. All right. Will you knock it down to like 73? Uh, you got to switch to AC because it's on heat right now. Okay, everybody got a test? I need a test. I have a test. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. Everything's cool, y'all. I have some nice background music. Did everybody have a pen? You're going to need a pen. Everybody needs a pen. Everybody needs a test. You're going to write the answers on your test. I am going to collect your tests at the end of the service. You are welcome to put your name on it. You are welcome to leave your name off of it. It's totally fine to be anonymous. But I want to know truthfully what's really in your hearts regarding love for you personally and for this church, okay? So stop taking all the, all, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, don't start yet. Jeez, we're going to walk through this together, okay? When I say the question, that's when you answer the question on your paper. Sound good? Okay, all right, all right, all right. Hold your horses, you school people. Okay, so question number one, scale of one to ten. I was going to have a whiteboard, but I forgot to build it in the car. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I bought this really cool whiteboard yesterday. I was like, oh, this is perfect. And I had every intention. And then I got trapped in the Starbucks parking lot on North 27th. And I literally couldn't leave because all these cars were in the way. And I didn't have time to build it. Here we are. How are we doing at creating a real kingdom family at Bethel OKC, scale of 1 to 10? A real kingdom family. Not a fake kingdom family, but a real kingdom of God family on the earth, scale of 1 to 10, be honest. 
brutally honest. Did you write your answer down? Tell me your answers. I mean, if you are anonymous, you can say, my neighbor wrote 10, but whatever. Just throw out some numbers. Where are we at in general? Six, six, seven. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I, I want us collectively to have a realistic understanding of where we are so that we can get where we want to be. Okay, average, five. Anybody else? <laughs> well, praise the Lord. The church is creating a better kingdom community than your job that you don't like very much. <laughs> praise God. Okay. All right, all right. Next question. How are we doing? Are we loving well at church events? A Sunday morning, Wednesday night, scale of one to ten, how well are we loving people? I'm not, I'm not going to have you share all your answers for the whole test, but some of them I will. So, what would you say? Nine. Very good. Seven. It's true. I agree. Yep. What else did you write? Eight. What would you write? Five. Four. Four, it's okay. Tell me the honest truth. It's good. What did you write? Six. Six. What would you write? Six. Okay. All right, next question. Do you feel, this is getting real now, do you feel known by those around you here in the church? Do you personally feel known? You can write yes or no, or you can rate it one to ten. Do you feel known? Do you feel believed in by those around you in the church? Do you feel championed by those around you in the church? Do you feel cared for by those in the church? Okay, got those written down? Anybody need more time? Don't go on to the next one. Don't you cheat. All right, are we ready now? Yes. Okay, thank you. When in your history here at Bethel OKC have you felt most known? I want you to think, close your eyes, you can think of a specific instance, a situation that happened when you felt the most known in this church? This, these questions, I especially I want to read through later. You don't have to share them um, unless you really have a good one and you want to. But I feel like this is very telling to see what are the situations where people feel most cared for, right? 
So really try to think of something. Um, look at me when you're done so I know that we can move on. Is that a half look or is that, she goes, <laughs> shifty eyes. Okay, can I go to the next one? When have you felt the most believed in? These might be the same situation and they might be totally different for everyone. When have you felt the most believed in here at the church? I'll turn on some background music for you. Look at me if you're done. All right, next one. When have you felt most championed in the church? And by that, I mean, has there been a time when you felt like I feel supported to run after what I'm supposed to be, or I feel like they rallied for me to do something great. Okay, next one. When have you felt most cared for by those in the church? Don't worry, nobody's going to flunk. Nobody personally is going to flunk. The church might flunk, but you won't flunk. So don't worry. So look at me when you're done answering. When do you felt most cared for? About half of you looked at me. I see you. In the corner, I see you. God bless you. In Jesus' name. <laughs> I see you in Jesus' name. 
Anybody else need more time? I'll take that as a no. Nobody needs more time? Okay, here we go. Now, going one more layer deep. Are y'all ready? Hang in there. We're, we got to get through four more questions, and then we'll take a break. What would it take for you to truly feel known by those around you in the church? What would it take for you to feel truly known by those around you in the church? Now, when I say that, I don't expect you to feel truly known by every single person in the whole room. But by a small group within the church, that's more what I'm looking for, okay? So what would it take for you to feel in your heart, they know me? Go ahead and go on to the next three. What would it take for you to feel truly believe in? Hmm. What would it take for you to feel truly championed? What would it take for you to feel truly cared for? Charlie just snarled at me. Hard questions, I know. Hold your pen up in the air if you're done. Y'all do that better than looking at me. Am I ugly or something? You don't like to look at me? <laughs> Is that the deal? <laughs> do what? I know they're intense. What are you saying, Chris? Oh, it could be awkward. I am very awkward. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Anybody else still need time? Okay, no problem. I want you to fill it out as best you can. And for goodness sake, don't look at me. Reese just said he, he wants a peanut butter and jelly sandwich by looking at the screen. <laughs> it's not sandwich bread. Oh, no. 
I love Wonder Bread. <laughs> Iron Kids, that's what I loved. <laughs> Iron Kids. All right. Raise your hand if you need more time. We're pretty much there. Okay. All right. Put your pens down. Take a break. Shake your wrist out. Okay, you're doing good. You're halfway through, about. All right, so um, I really, really want us to catch and figure out and find the places. Let the Lord fill up that bike tire and find the places that are leaking because love is the soil where the fruit grows from. Am I right? So we must work really hard to create that type of soil so that whatever the Lord wants to plant in us can actually bear fruit that will last, okay? So I think, I know it's awkward and different, but I think it's really important that we take the time to look at this stuff, okay? So you can't give what you haven't first received. Universal principle. You can, if, if you want money from me and I have no money, I cannot give you money. It's impossible. Universal law. You cannot give what you can't receive. If, if you want to sow into something, but you have no seed to sow into it, you literally cannot sow into it, okay? You must have first received before you can ever give in any situation, right? So if you can't give what you don't receive, and it really is true that the first and second most important things to God are love, okay? We can't give love until we've received love. Is that true? Universal principle is true. You can't give what you haven't received. And it's the most important thing to God is that you love well. Well, that is giving love. Therefore, in order to give love, you have to first receive love from God and from other people. Okay? So if that's true as a church, if love really is number one and number two things in the kingdom of God, the most important things to the Father. And if you truly can't give what you haven't received, then the church's primary goal should be to give love and to teach how to receive and give love. Do you agree with that? We read it again. Then the church's primary goal should be to give love and to teach how to receive and how to give love. Okay? If that's what you're going to be judged on, it's not judgment, it's reward on most in the kingdom of God is love, then that should be our absolute number one focus is helping you to love better. Receive and to give love better. Without this, nothing else can be built that will last. And do you know why believers became believers in the early church days? It was like an epidemic. It was like a plague in a lot of people in the secular world. It was like wildfire. The, the Roman secular emperors said it's, it's like it's turned the world upside down, what's happening. And the reason was the first church loved in a different way than had ever been expressed before on the earth. Jesus came and he loved in, in such a pure love that had no filter. It didn't matter race. It didn't matter religion. It didn't matter um, social, economic situation. It didn't matter na nationality. It didn't matter. Jesus loved with no filter. And that love was so powerful that it transformed the way people think and the way that they act. It transformed how they receive love from God. It transformed how they give love as well. And that love was so powerful, it flipped the whole world upside down. That love then was accompanied with power, and when the power and love together began to move throughout the earth, 
people had, where they were like, what is this? I've never seen anything like this. And they were drawn like magnets to the love, okay? That was the power of the first church, is this raw, amazing love that then was accompanied with power that transformed the nations around them. That was the power. The Lord was talking to me yesterday, and he was talking about how the, when there is love, when there's true love, One second, I want to read it because it was good. We must be aware that the power of love, when we learn the power of love, the power is in the love, is what he said. The Lord said the power is in the love. The power shows up in the love. And this is what turns the world upside down. Okay? So, Power and love, you got to have both. But the power shows up inside of the love. The power is allowed to grow inside the love. Without the love, the power is worthless. It doesn't make any difference. That's what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians. Without the love, the power is a waste of time. Okay? So, the first church, they loved extraordinarily. Power and love. They went above and beyond love to love people with the same love they'd received from Jesus, and that love was contagious, and people were drawn into that love. It was strikingly different than what they'd seen or known before. Jesus set the stage for extraordinary love that had nothing to do with race, religion, agenda, or anything else. It was pure love from the Father's heart. It had no filter, and it changed the world. The first disciples carried the love on, and it set the world on fire. Amen? The power is in the love. Okay, so next questions. Scale of 1 to 10. How are you at extraordinary, extravagant, selfless, above and beyond love? In, no, this is for you personally. Scale of 1 to 10. How good are you at extraordinary, extravagant, selfless, above and beyond love? Try not to beat yourself up too much. <laughs> Just a quick number. We'll move on past it. <laughs> Okay, got your number? How are you at extraordinary love? Nod your head yes if you wrote a number. Okay, next question. How is the church, how is this church at extraordinary, extravagant, selfless, above and beyond love? Nod your head if you got a number. Okay. Next question, what prevents you from loving like that? You personally. Extraordinary, extravagant, selfless, above and beyond love. What stops you from loving that way? All right, you good on that one? Next question. 
What prevents the church from loving like that? Extraordinary, extravagant, selfless, above and beyond love. What prevents the church from loving like that? got that one all right next question what would it look like to be a part of a church that loved like that and then you can go ahead and answer the next one as well how would your role in the church change if we loved extraordinarily extravagantly selflessly above and beyond All right, if you're done writing, I'd love for a couple people, maybe three people to share. What did you put down on any of those? Anybody willing to share? Go for it. On um, the what prevents you from loving like that, um, one of the things that I was thinking about was um, just like, the fear of rejection or looking like a fool because there have been times in the past that I've stepped out in love to pray for someone or to give them something or to um, just be available to them for whatever their needs were. And it's, it has sometimes been maybe abusive or I'm awkward just in life. And so I looked kind of dumb (laughs) doing it. And so I think, you know, just over time, it's kind of created a little bit of a resistance to that and um, I think that a lot of people could probably relate to that and then um, for the what prevents the church from loving like that I feel like um, specifically you know us this body um, I feel like the the great I feel like we're pretty good at loving others well even people that we don't know Um, but you know we can't give or love somebody if we don't know the need. And so I think a lot of times people are either shameful or just fearful of sharing, I'm, I'm actually not okay, or I, you know, I, I can't pay my bills this month, or, you know, whatever it is, and we're not able to meet that need if we don't know. I put down for what prevents me in particular is that in the past, when I do something to show I love somebody, everybody would tell me that I shouldn't have done it that way, or I did it wrong. And that's a lot of reason why sometimes I hold back on that. But I do try my best. I put from the church kind of what she said, but also 
getting more involved. Like if we do hear somebody that needs help and maybe we can't do it in our church, maybe get getting with other members and figuring out somebody who can go and meet them at a, if they don't want to meet at their house at a public place or something, talk to them and try to figure a plan out. Just stuff like that. Yep, there you go. That's awesome. One more? Somebody want to share? Um, for what prevents myself from loving like that, I think that I often feel as though I'm too busy with like all these things I need to get done um, but it's like in the long run if my house was clean or if I you know went and did all these random things that need to be done that doesn't really matter in the long run if people feel really loved so like stopping the all that and being like okay I'm not too busy to stop and do this really well and then for the church I think that it's really I know for me in particular it can feel like on a Sunday morning, it can feel like really chaotic for all the things that need to get done. And so it's hard to like stop and be like, let's like actually love this person really, really well. So just like making things possibly like more simple and like um, like scheduled out smoother or something so that, that there's room to do that. Anybody else is wanting to share? I th- for me, one of my answers would be feeling too busy or being too lazy, <laughs> right? Too tired. But it's challenging to me to think, okay, seriously, the number one and number two things that God cares about and the number one and number two things that I will be rewarded based on most heavily are love, right? It's not about the things that I do. It's about love. How well did I love? And so maybe I can do a lot of things really well. I could do a thousand things really well and be rewarded on a thousand things that were done really well less than I'm rewarded on loving extravagantly once, right? Which is really convicting for me. Okay. Moving on. We're moving into the last set. You're almost done. Congrats. Um, Sorry, we're going a little long, but hang with me because I really feel like it's important. So as a church, we have two primary ways to express and to do love. Sunday services and small groups. Those are our primary two things that we do. Sunday services primarily to pour out our love to God and to express his love for us and equip people in how to love him and love others better. Small groups is then the practicum. They're the place to put on love, to be loved, to create true kingdom family through relationships that crosses the acquaintance level and grows to become a Philippians 2 type love where we are sacrificially giving of ourselves so others can become in a, into a better place than what they're in, okay? So scale of 1 to 10, how are we doing at creating an environment where you can express your love to God on a Sunday morning? We'll go quick through these. Creating an environment where you can express your love to God on a Sunday morning. Scale of 1 to 10. Got it? Okay. How are we doing at expressing God's love for you on a Sunday morning? Scale of 1 to 10. Scale of 1 to 10, how are our small groups doing at creating an environment for you to practically love well? Oh, sorry, I skipped one. How are we doing at equipping you to love others well on a Sunday morning? 
Okay, then the next one. How are our small groups doing at creating an environment for you to practically love others well? And then how are our small groups doing at practically loving you? Okay, everybody got it? Nod your head yes if you got it. Okay, we're going the quicker we get answers, the quicker we move on. Um, next question. If you're not really involved in a small group, why not? Please be as honest as possible and write, I don't like them. I'm too busy. I forget they are. You know, whatever it is, be as honest as you possibly can about why you're not really involved in one. <clears throat> and then for the others, if you're involved in a small group, what can we do better to foster love? In the small group setting, what can we do better? Nod your head if you answered. Raise your hand if you need more time. Stick your tongue out if you're done. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Are you ready to move on? I can't tell. Maybe halfway. Okay. Okay, this next question is for everybody. Whether you're in a small group or not in a small group. What type of small group gets you the most excited of being a part of? When you, could, when you dream, I could be a part of any type of small group with any people, what gets your heart going the most? What gets you most excited? Where you feel like you would, you would be the most loved, you would be the most cared for, you would love the best that you could, whatever that is. Then the last question. Considering your personal schedule, not scheduled, considering your personal schedule, what's the best frequency for you to be able to be involved in a small group? Once a day, once a week, once every two weeks, once a month. What works best for you? If you were really be a part of it, what would that look like? <coughs> Once you get done answering, pass them to the middle. We'll give candy for the hey, students. Just kidding. Okay, so you can keep finishing writing if you're still going, but... 
after taking a little personal inventory of love for you, for the church, is there anything that really stands out in your mind after that test? Anything that you're challenged by? Anything that really sticks out? Awesome. She's not what? She doesn't have to. I said earlier, it can be anonymous. The very beginning of the test. Is there anybody have anything that sticks out? Okay, scale of 1 to 10. This is scale of 1 to 10. This is a 10. This is a 0. How do you personally feel like you do at love? This is great. This is bad. How do you personally feel like you're doing at loving like the Bible says? <laughs> All right. Do you feel like it's possible to get it moving in the right direction? I mean, does it feel like a giant challenge to really make that change? You feel socially awkward? So it feels really hard to change it? Yeah, Charlie says it feels really hard to change it. Exactly. Did y'all hear that? She said since everybody feels awkward, nobody's awkward. We all cancel each other's awkwardness out. introverted yeah for sure that's really good anybody else I'm excited to read through them all and I'm hoping that we'll see a couple clear holes you know and hopefully the Lord will give us wisdom of how we can patch those holes if you will and move the church quite a bit forward in love Here's my ending challenge. <clears throat> if learning to love well really is the most important thing in the kingdom of God, then we need to seriously reflect and consider what needs to change in our lives in order to align with his heart. I'm guilty of being too busy to love well. I'm guilty of being too lazy to love well. I am guilty of being too selfish to love well. I'm guilty of being too tired to love well. And in many ways, on many occasions... I have failed at loving well, but I recognize this is largely how I will be rewarded in eternity, and I need to recognize God's heart and the weight of this command to love above all else. We must be aware of the power of love, and when we learn the power of love, the power is in the love. The power shows up in the love, and this is what turned the world upside down. And I think if we really realize, we can begin to see a touch of why the first church was so profoundly powerful. Let's stand up together. I want to read Acts 2, 42 through 47 together. And let's just believe that the Lord would supernaturally do a work in us as a church so that we would begin to reflect this even more.
They devoted. It's just testing you. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Amen. So let's put our hands out. Father, we want to look like the first church, and we just acknowledge that we are a long, long, long way from that reality. We want to turn our worlds upside down through love and through power. We want to create a real kingdom family. God, we're asking that you would show us. You would put a heavy weight on all of our hearts, individually and corporately, of exactly how you want us to do that. How do we proceed from this point? After realizing it and being sobered by reality, God, how do we move forward and create the type of atmosphere that there is in heaven, that kingdom love, that kingdom family that is in heaven? God, we want to develop that here. We, Father, want to look like the first church. So would you help us, God? Give us wisdom. Give us understanding. As we drive around, as we sit and talk with you, as we journal with you, Father, would you press on our hearts what needs to change in our lives? If we really are going to be most highly rewarded based on our love of you and other people, God, would we shape all of our life? Would we change all of our life to come in line with that reality so that we love the way that Jesus loved? In Jesus' name, amen.